What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Han, who is the founder of Privacy. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing it really well. Just had some coffee, doing interviews, and it's my fav- favorite time of, of, of the day when I'm talking to founders. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that haven't heard of what you're working on, that haven't heard of Privacy, what is it? What are you working on? Well, Privacy... Basically, the name is like sounds like privacy, but both same as you. So it's a something for you. And the product we are building is a cloud browser. As a user, basically, you can have a personalized browsing experience, a personalized homepage that your friends can visit, where you can put your Calendly or a QR code on your front page. And you can also personalize other functions um, with our building block. And each building block will be provided by a separate service provider. So maybe you can form a Facebook or a Twitter, but a decentralized one based on our features. So on your website, which I'm browsing on now, you use this word that I've seen around before, but I don't actually understand what it means. And it's Web 3.0. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? And are you like creating that? Are you a part of that? Are you like, can you kind of like what, what, walk me a little further down, like what you're building and what, what, what that kind of means when you say web 3.0? Yeah. So when you think of web 3.0, you must realize there must be web 1.0 and web 2.0. So in 1.0, which is around three, uh, 30 years ago, basically everyone can have a public playground, which is called web that you can, um, look through all those public informations and all those contents are linked together with hyperlinks. That's Web 1.0, but no one can basically easily publish stuff. So in Web 2.0, which is also called Participant Web, um, there comes um, blogs and later on social media where everyone can publish some stuff pretty easily. That's Web 2.0. But in Web 2.0, the problem is mm, the data are still stored uh, within the services, within the service provider server. So no one can own their own data. So I think Web 3.0 means basically decentralized web in terms of storage and computing. And there are two ma- major camps in, who are saying themselves as Web 3.0 players. One is the decentralized um, blockchain people, and they're using blockchain to realize some potential scenarios um, like the services we're using daily right now, but in a decentralized manner. And the other camp is the web, still traditional web technologies, but we're trying to 
um, basically let everyone have their own personal cloud and decentralize the service uh, sources. So basically in a more traditional way to decentralize the web. So that's fascinating. And it makes total sense when you explain it. And I, but just know like for the record, you're the, you're the, you're the first person to explain to me what Web 3.0 is. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Let's kind of go back in time a little bit mm-hmm. to, to when you decide to start the company. Why did you decide to start say and kind of build on top of this and, and, and kind of build this product? What's the origin story here? Yeah, so um, I studied computer science back at college. Uh, I went into a college called NYU Shanghai, and I got the chance to visit other campuses in uh, Argentina, in New York, and in Abu Dhabi. And I got a sense that um, basically the web is still a resilient platform compared with the app ecosystem. So basically there are two major uh, overall platform. One is the web and one is app. Uh, Webs are those websites, apps are the iOS apps, Android apps. Right now it feels like the app ecosystem is more popular compared with webs. Like um, basically each popular website has a app version for sure, but not each successful app would have a web version. But the problem with the app system is not everything can work together and every app usually work independently. So this may have a lot of issue as um, time goes by when one app accumulates so much data and the people starting to realize there are data ownership issues, privacy issues. So I believe we should um, rethink the whole ecosystem. Maybe it's because those apps are, in, essentially there are some inner problems within the uh, assumption. For example, identity layer, storage layer must be controlled by the same company. So maybe when you use Facebook, when you use Instagram, um, you should have two profiles and all those profiles must be accumulated from the beginning. So if there's another player want to join the game, it's very hard for that platform to grow big since they need to start collecting your data from the beginning. But if it comes back to the web, then everything is linked together, especially not just content, but also your data. If the data is controlled by you and you can share it to people who are building services for you, then it's easier for smaller players to grow bigger. So that's my reasoning behind why I start privacy. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like you're like a, a internet superhero by building this because like the, the, there's so many challenges that are that are I think repre- like presented to us with Web 2.0 uh, and you've mentioned all of them um, or at least ones that are relevant. Um, so I think this is great. I'm curious for you, you know, one more question on, on this specifically. When you decided to work on this, how did you know what the like the next step was? Like you, you decide you want to start a company, you want to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Did you raise money? Did you just start hacking? Did you talk to customers? Like how do you know what to do next? Yeah, so we are still at an early stage. Mm, uh, so there are some prede- predecessors of Prevose. One is the a famous project called Solid Social Linked Data. It's um, basically proposed by the inventor of the web, Tim Berners-Lee. And I also participated in that project when I was at MIT. So after I graduated from MIT, 
I think I should have some um, like should have a more business oriented um, organization to realize that kind of concept. And when it comes to a company, um, we have to think about what kind of products that people would really love to use, not just a fancy concept like data ownership. Everyone loves data ownership. However, if it's so difficult to use, then no one will use it. So the first step for us is to build some products that user can have um, like very good user experience and they may not feel like it's something different from the current um, popular apps. And um, another uh, philosophy behind the way we build apps is basically we divide each app into different affordances. For example, on, on Facebook, you may think Facebook as several smaller features. One is newsfeed, one is messenger, and potentially there are some other um, features based on the social um, graph. So we break Facebook down into different affordances. And for each affordance, we will provide a similar um, feature that can um, shatter the functionalities of Facebook, but in a decentralized manner. So with all those feature as blocks, building blocks, we can let users to compose their own version of Facebook. Yeah, this is great. I, I pre, like you're, you're very, what's cool about this is you, I think you know like the lay of the land very well. Um, so you're describing, I'm learning a ton from this, which I appreciate. So if you were to take what you've done and what you want to do and look out five years, 10 years, 15 mm -hmm. years, or, or let's say, as long as you want, what do you think Prevose looks like then? Or I guess in other words, what's the big vision here and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, if we think really in really long, long term, I think the internet will become a free market instead of a, mm, I think instead of a centralized system with only a few monopoly players like Google, Facebook, Tencent, Alibaba. So the first step is let every user realize they're not just users, they're also consumers. And they need, if they want to participate into the data economy, the so-called data economy right now, they need to find ways to represent themselves. One way is to, one easy way is to use economic power. They need to subscribe some services provide, provided by some developers. And if we can form that kind of synergy, uh, it's basically a market when each user want to pay um, some subscription fee to get some service, then the um, internet will become more um, free and the market will be more functional. So in the long term, I think our goal is to have the internet become a well-functioning market. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, there's so many people that align with that. Um, I'm so interested to see what happens in the future. But in order to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? It, it takes a village mm -hmm. to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Looking for customers, users, developers? How can we assist? Yeah, we are looking for investors and we are still building our first product, which is a, a personalized portal where you can have different widgets from popular apps like uh, calendar, email, 
or new state. And you can publish your portal so your friends can visit your portal to interact with your web apps. So we are also trying to attract users to test it out. The URL is nicegoodthings.com. And it also has a browser extension version uh, through which you can co-browse a page, any page with your friends, no matter if it's a YouTube video or say Google Doc you want to discuss. And it's very similar to what we are doing right now in Zoom. So you can invite your, your friends onto the browser to browse the same website. And we do are looking for investors. We are trying to raise our first round of money and uh, hopefully we can get more attention after this episode. And then just if someone wants to learn more um, and find you online, you just mentioned a couple of links, but I'll let you kind of share whatever you want. How can they find you online? Like what's your website, um, social media? Do you have an email? How can someone get in touch? Yeah, our website is privacy.com, P-R-I-V-O-C-E. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I think what you're building is very exciting and integral to the future of the web. You know, I just, you know, wish you the best of luck making it happen. Mm -hmm. Thank you.